There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's QFTA. There's a lot of buzz about this podcast, Jackson. There is. There really is. Last week. What was, I don't even know what we talked about last week. Lauren. Oh, yeah. And the title of that was All Women Are Bicurious. God, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. It's good to hear from someone not, not named us. You know, like when like. Come on in. Should I open the door and see who walks past? <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Scavengers. Who would be the funniest? That would be fun. Rafe would be good entertainment. Yeah, always is. Riz would be good entertainment. Whoever just flushed the toilet next to us that we hear. They're live. They're in play. Yeah. Uh, it is QFTA. It's a podcast that uh, usually is based on your emails uh, to me. And people include Jackson. Not all the time. I don't know. DraftKings Cal does. DraftKings Cal does. I feel like somebody else. Maybe let me see the three that I have called up here. They are not including you. Uh, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. What email address is your email address? Burkett at right. InsideSTL.com. So same formula. And I still have $150 out there if you can piss me off, but you have to use your real name. Like right. this thing where you're going to use your burner name. I mean, trust me. I'm like, wow, you are strong. <laughs> and it's impressive. Right. However, use your real name. Right. I mean, that's, that's the deal. That's kind of like the... The crux of the podcast. Right. I mean, it kind of speaks to it. Like, I've gotten a few, and I was like, oh, this guy's back with his burner. Right. No good. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I would you come here? <laughs> it's It's gotten away, hasn't it? Do people think that, like, like, it's not easy to recognize a burner? I don't know. I think about, you know, I was clearing out yesterday, and it felt good to do. Clearing out my desktop. And I'm not talking about, like, I'm talking about my... My lab, is that how you say it? Lab, lab top? Uh, lab, yeah, because it goes on top of lab tables. Sure. So here now you can see, I, like, you still might think that's congested. I don't know. No, I mean, there's a decent It used to folders. be even more on that. Oh, yeah, I have problems. And I was going through, I'm like, oh, and, and, and like, there's a lot of, like, I'm back in Vietnam flashback kind of things where I'm going, oh, boy, oh, boy, should I delete that? Oh, I still think there might be litigation someday. I'll hold on to it. Uh, maybe it'll be good for the book. Yeah. Um, and then there's there are files for what we'll call problematic listeners of the past. Mm, yes. Many of whom still lurk. Yeah. Uh, I'm like an external hard drive just to keep those bad boys. And safe. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that one. And then I'll just like open it up and I go, oh, God. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. Uh, so I don't know if the awareness level is high. Like if you're doing that, I don't think you know. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, because you've probably been doing it for a while. You're not realizing that people have gotten uh, a little bit more aware of things on the internet. You know, in 2012, it was the wild, wild west. Yeah. But fast forward 11 years, and uh, we've come a little bit more privy right. to some of the nonsense. Yeah. Some of us. Right. Um, so anyway, that $150 out there, we're looking for erotic stories. We had the Bonanza a few weeks ago. We had two of them. One did feature the unfortunate rainbow shower. Right. Um, 
And then what else? Oh, the guy had the threesome, and then it kept happening for a year. I mean, that was like... That's the best one we've ever He's listener of the year to me. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone topping that. Uh, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. I've gotten a couple lately that are, like, directed at Iggy and or the Plowboy. And then I'm like, you know, email them. Right. So then I, I've gotten them, and then I'll read them on the show. And then, it, you know... It's like, well, that's not what it was meant for. Like, but it's about them. Right. Like, if you email Darren or Ken about me or Jackson, especially when we put our email addresses out there publicly, why wouldn't you just right. talk it over with us? Absolutely. So I'm like, hey, great observation. Here's Iggy's address. Right. <laughs> talk it over with him. What the fuck to say? So that's that's the one that starts off here. But I think, well, maybe it'll help kind of show what we get. Tim and Piddles. I'm enjoying the show. Plowsy is killing it lately. Larry also seems to have a boost of energy in the wrestling recap. I don't know how you can... Is this from today? Uh, No, this is from October 2nd. Okay. One thing I'm enjoying above all is Ken's support for the TMA business model. Today, he weaseled in some payola. When questioned by both you and Doug, he doubled down with the same old no. I just like thanking people who help me. (laughs) I'm trying to backtrack. Was this email come when Plowsy was out of town? Yes, it would have been last Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. when Iggy had the Luther Burden chips in here. So what, Plowsy killing? He wasn't even on the show then. I just read what they put no, in the prompter. The explanation of the alternative solution of thanking said person with an off-air email and the explanation as to why bringing in free food for radio plugs could be arguably bad for the business, unfortunately, did not seem to resonate with him. Later in the show during a live read, you pointed out he was getting up and leaving. He doubled down again, complaining that he would just have to sit there and pee his pants while you talk (laughs) about the companies who pay his salary. If Ken was a video game character, his stat for self-awareness would be less than zero. But it would make his entertainment stat 99% and ultimately making Ken and this show the best. Go Tigers! That's from the Sultan of Duck Butter. Yeah, not much of a question, just more of an just observation. Just an observation. Yeah, yeah we, and so it was It was a compliment, albeit underhanded, I guess. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I think, I think it's interesting that I feel like Doug is growing more enamored with Iggy. Because <laughs> Doug just does not care. Like, doesn't care. Right. Doesn't care. Uh, truly just doesn't care. And so as opposed to, like... Getting upset about it, he just kind of like engages. Oh, back to you, you know, like right. when it's a story or the or the thing about the fake punt. <laughs> it's a shame he wasn't in here when Gabe said, oh, I know. "Please pass along to whoever suggested that that might be the worst idea I've ever heard." It's truly upsetting. For the record, for those of you who didn't hear the TMA segment, when Missouri went for it on fourth and thirty-two against LSU, he suggested that they made a mistake by not fake punting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> just for the sake of the conversation, for our conversation, is two guys still despondent over the loss? Are you still? I haven't thought about it much, to be honest with you, lately. Uh, up until yesterday, if you I were was scrolling scroll- TikTok and anything football-related came up, I would, scroll, I would scroll past it really quickly. So I've, I guess I've stepped it up a little. Can you imagine if we're watching that game on Saturday afternoon, and it's 4th and 32, and by the way, when they, they went out there to run a play, I'm like, well, that's what they got to do. The, 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 the game's lost. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping for a miracle. It's like getting mad about a Hail Mary. Right. What the fuck did you want them to do? Right. Like the strategy behind the Hail Mary. Like it's a <laughs> but anyway, Hail Mary. if they would have lined up for a punt and then run a fake punt. Well, and you have to think. It would have been the greatest. As far I would have been like, you know what? I'm upset they lost. 
but now we have so much entertainment. Like, I want to start TMA now at 3 o'clock on Saturday, and we'll just go for the next 48 hours nonstop. I'm just a tiny bit buzzed. Yeah, that'd be great. Because you have to think, when you're punting, you're about 15 (laughs) yards behind the line of scrimmage, so the punter would have to gain damn near 50 yards, either passing it or, I guess, just running it right up the cut. Yeah, I would like to dodging, go dodging, dodging tacklers. I'd like to see if RG three freaked out about going for it. I could like to see what his thoughts were on the fake punt. Oh God, holy crap! Uh, <laughs> that was so outstanding, yeah. and the colonel's reaction to it was textbook can't uh, colonel salt in the duck butter. I don't know what else to say. It just kind of, you know, it is the show, and you know, some people. Um, you know, was, I, I, on the TMA fan page, I was so confused initially with, there was a video of Iggy's Hall of Fame speech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, did one of the listeners just go to the whatever bowling Hall of Fame thing that he was going into to video his speech? And honestly, I was like, oh, right. like I was a little, like, skeeved. <laughs> And then I read the post after not reading it the first couple times I saw it. And then I go, oh, he was there for somebody else who was going to the Hall of Fame. So I'm like, "Ah," I exhaled. Yeah, I think that person was also at the one, uh, the whatever one he was inducting, Bicklebender, whoever it was. Uh, I think that person is connected in the bowling. Right. So that made me feel better about it. And then I completely understood. Right. why was I bringing that up? Oh, then it was like, Iggy, you know, people are tough on you, but, you know, it, it turns out you're really a good guy, I guess, because he was kind in his speech. And I thought, anybody who knows Iggy right. doesn't shit on him. No. You know, right. like we all, obviously, I think it's obvious, maybe it's not, like him, oh, yeah. like each other, I think. Oh, yeah. And... You know, I remember there was one time I posted something. I don't even know what it was. Or maybe it was when the Postage Badge wrote about my relationship with Alexis Strauss after Joe passed away. And somebody posted, you know, under the article, you know, Tim, a lot of people give you trouble for being a, you know, a lot of people don't like you. But I really. <laughs> Such a great <laughs> backhanded like, compliment. I'm just like, you know, like in your little, like, Facebook world. Right. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> <laughs> you don't fucking know me. Right. And you think I care. I mean, I just don't. So I read this thing like, hey, you know, a lot of people are hard. First off, he's not. He, I mean, nobody's more public about their lack of engagement on that fan page than Iggy. Right. And that there's all these things posted to Iggy. I think people know. But either way, like, Iggy, people are hard on you. But, you know, you're you're really a good guy. And it's like, well, people who don't know him. Right. Are hard on him. And also who. Can we it's just like, do we know, like our real world and our. Right. Social media world and is it, it is you know, it's, but one thing it was like like this eight, like eighteen year old seniors in high school <laughs> like Villa, but these are like forty something year old men and fifty right. something year old men. Right. Well, like I said, Tim, the internet has gotten us before. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, for the record, uh, Iggy says and does what Iggy says and does, and you just kind of go, okay, whatever. I mean, none of it. Like if you were like mean spirited behind the scenes. Different deal. He wouldn't be here. Right. I tell you that I can wrap that up for you real quick. Uh, you know what you're going to get, and I don't know if anybody else could duplicate it. But it's not like he. It's not like he's like a problem behind the scenes in any way. He's he does what he does, which is he is is just himself from seven to ten, and it's 
unintentional, incredible entertainment. Yeah. That's the best way I can sum it up. I guess I can tell a little behind the scenes story from, oh, what do we got? from today. What do we have? So uh, I turn so every morning I walk in here at about seven, maybe seven to one to turn on the YouTube stream so that we have it going. I like to get it going a little bit early so people can hop in and be ready for the start of the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I immediately went from the studio to the bathroom, started urinating. Mm. And of course you locked the door and I heard someone not wiggle the door, but really yank on it. And I knew immediately who, exactly who it was. I knew it wasn't Tim or Doug or Pilot. I knew it was Iggy. He, very frustrated that he couldn't get in? I could just tell. I was like, I, that's somebody who really wants to use the bathroom right now. And doesn't want to walk another 50 steps. Just to, to send a little message. Yeah, <laughs> and, like you're taking too long. <laughs> yeah, and I, I opened the door and who was out there? Is Kenstro. Kenstro. It was great. <laughs> and I know he was absent from like the very first part of the show, and so I think that would have been the reason. You say he takes a while to warm up each morning. See, I, I come in right at 7 probably 7.03-ish, usually. I would say that's my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So I get here, and Plowboy is usually talking with Doug. Uh, Iggy's outside smoking. You're sometimes in here setting up the YouTube. Yeah. And then Iggy will come in, and I'll go, what's up, Iggy? And sometimes he doesn't say anything. I don't take it personally, because I just know from years he just I'll say you know something like that but then the thing gets going and then he warms up yeah yeah and sometimes yeah that's like I think most of the time the other four of us I think are all kind of good there are days I guess where Plowboy's a little off because he got up at super early time Uh, but otherwise I feel like that's kind of like that's just kind of the way that it is but as far as like you know any issues behind the scenes. No. But it's like almost like by talking about it, then it's like, oh, are there issues behind the scenes? I can tell you firsthand, at least from my perspective, that there are none. And I would venture to guess that that would be the same across the dais. Yeah, well, yeah. he's, he's kind of like a like a diesel engine in the winter. You know, you just got to give her a second. It was much worse at KFNS, I'll tell you that much. I understand that. He I mean, would, that was, he would that walk was in. compartmentalization city for all of the uh, members of the program. Yeah, he... Uh, let's just get to... You know, the end. He would walk in, and there would just be a touch of garbage on uh, where he would sit in the morning, and that might set him off. Brian Hoffman's peanuts, <laughs> Brian or whatever Hoffman's was his pistach- salary on the pistachio pistach- shells would sometimes be astray, <laughs> and that would really get his dander up. And as uh, as a very green producer at the time, you're like, what in the fuck is it? <laughs> well, it was also really entertaining because I would just sit there quietly. And just watch it all happen. Oh God! But the the distance to smoke was much shorter, so he was he was happy about that. That's true. He could walk right outside in the middle of the show and smoke. Yeah. And nobody could see him. Now he's on the YouTube. Yeah, it's a little bit more visible. The cameras and they uh, they spot it. Hey Tim, you've mentioned before that you think Jackson could do one. Oh, it's a golfer. One move uh, in a simulator and learn to compress the ball better. Get the seven iron up over 150. I feel like I'm not getting that compression either. Let's talk numbers. Recently fitted for a new driver and had my club head speed consistently around the 105, 107 mark. Smash factor around 1.40-ish. Also 150 yards, a nine iron for my set, but I feel like I'm still leaving distance and consistency out there. Is there a good video online that I could use to try to improve this or maybe a few lessons with someone you recommend that can work on this specifically? It's from Cuck Knobloch. I, I would rather like handle this privately via email because it's just such a boring topic. I mean, it's everything is swing path and club face, working in union. Yeah, and 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 that's that's it. You can swing hard, but if the club face is open or if you're coming at the wrong angle, it's gonna 
have side spin one way or the other. Usually it's for a right-handed player, a slice left to right. I'll, I'll email privately. I just had these set up, and I just said QFTAs in the most recent top to bottom. So, Jackson, you could absolutely hit a 7-iron, probably 175 and up, without question. I know. I've had, in, years, in years previous, right. I've, I've hit my clubs a and lot it's further. Like, it's, there's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. It's just my muscle memory is so equipped to doing what I do now. It's going to take – I actually think the offseason will be really beneficial in that sense because yeah. I'll kind of come back fresh and much more receptive and I think, to I think you. Can, I think you – I, I can is almost insulting. I think you will be a scratch golfer. Boy, I sure hope so. I really I sure do. So. That's nice. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I'm not saying it'd be complimentary. If it's nice, it's nice. <laughs> not my, I never think about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick Saban at the podium. Yeah. He wins. He's an asshole. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that that could uh, be realistic. But you know, just by consistency, and eventually you're gonna you get to a point where you can. You can't it. teach distance, and you got that. But I think it can be improved. I'm talking about with driver, right? Yeah, I think, and I think you have the the mindset. Like, I would not hesitate to play. Well, I have played the game that I play that mm-hmm. can get costly. Yeah. Uh, you can't teach that. I think you can improve the mental state on how to handle that Just stuff. Just being in that situation more, right. more puts you in a better position. Right. But getting co- – I would say I focus more on the mental element stuff. than I mean, you certainly have to be able to hit the ball and all that. But uh, being comfortable in uncomfortable positions, for lack of a better term um, – you know, and for those who don't give a fuck about golf, and that's why I'm limiting this answer. But uh, David Freeze, for example, he was just comfortable in it, and I did ask him about that in the podcast that is locked up uh, with me, him, and Maroon. And I'm like, hey, you did that again in 2012 against the Nationals, the same kind of thing. It just mm-hmm. isn't as famous as the stuff in 2011. But to want to be up in that position, like Brooks Kepka said that at the Ryder Cup, who really, really wants to have the shot that could determine the Ryder Cup. Like, deep down, do you want that? And, you know, I heard Max Homo on a podcast going, yeah, I feel like he's probably right about that. You know, who really, and so Max Homo's like, I had a putt that determined the Ryder Cup. Now, as it turns out, they still wound up losing it, but had he missed that putt, the United States loses the Ryder Cup. What a spot to be in. And it was like a, you know, it wasn't like a two-footer. It was, I don't know, eight to ten-footer. I mean, fuck. And he drilled it. That's a that's a that's a mental thing. That's not a mechanical thing. It's kind of like a free throw. Yeah, that's what Kobe Kobe was always vocal in that sense. He's like when like it come like there's a difference between superstars and superstars who want the ball for the last shot. Right. Because there's plenty of guys who can get you 25 a night, but how many are going to hit that last three pointer when? Robert Ory, not by any means a guy who big shot Bob who you would think of when you go greatest players of the last 30 years, but greatest clutch players of 30 years, you would his name would come to mind. He's got a lot and, of rings to show for it. Uh, yes, I don't want to spend more time on this, but Nick, uh, I appreciate the question. I'll send you an email, and if you're in St. Louis, I do have somebody for you who I think made the greatest impact on me. Um, I really did. I was saying this to my wife, and, and a wife never wants to hear this, especially if you play a lot, but I didn't play a lot of golf this year hmm. relative to previous years. I don't know, probably the le- I don't know, because so much as I've been working so much on Sound Story. Right, so like the weekday rounds are, are tougher. And tougher. We were doing our, we did a seed round funding, which we just completed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're hiring people, hiring, and again, I would say we're in the process of hiring more people. Um, 
I played one time, two times in September, one of which was with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, three times, I'm sorry. T- twice at my place and once at the Warson Woods Wackos for the uh, the gambling session. And uh, and I haven't played. I haven't played since. Yeah. I haven't played a round of golf. Yeah, I don't even know what the last time, if you look at my gin, what my last score was. So, you know, that's the uh, the nature of the beast. But the guy I would point to as far as uh, lessons go, um, really, it, like he would he would fix you up. Like your thing is like I feel like it is it's a five minute thing. Right. It's it's, it's so much in more the simulator about practicing than the move. Right. But but you would. Within five minutes, you would be hitting a seven iron over one eighty. I think. Wow. Oh yeah, it's just it's just not. Boy, that sounds sweet. I know the, the obvious is the shot dispersion and the consistency of it is, right. is what matters, and also under pressure. But I've seen you in spots where there's a lot of money on the line. Keep an eye on that member guest. All right. Hey, listen. I'm, Keep an eye on that member guest. You give me the call. I'm ready to rock. Keep an eye on that member guest because I'm just like, okay, this guy's this guy isn't flustered by the. Uh, and then your number's a little lower, so then I'm not in a spot where I'm... Like, when I bring Iggy on, and then I've had a couple buddies over the years who are higher, which I don't give a fuck, but then that means our combined index, if I'm like a 2 or 3, and they're like a 17, then that means our combined is, let's say it's 20. Well, then that means if I'm the 2, then I'm, right. it's just, I'm giving strokes on almost right. every hole, and it's just... It's, which, if you don't hit the perfect drive and the perfect approach... It's brutal, and then right. if you're not on, it's like, okay, i got to try to chip in because right. they're about to get a 4-3, and I've got a birdie. Completely changes the Oh, it's brutal, it's not, and it's, it's not that much fun. So anyway, whatever. Uh, Nick, I appreciate the question. I'll take all golf questions, don't get me wrong. I just am, like, getting into, like, golf mechanics and angles and degrees of club faces and inside-out swings and outside-in and so on and so forth. It, it's, I probably already spent too much time on it. All right, what else do we got here? Uh, let's see. Hey, Tim, the QFTA from this week, and this was the previous one from Learn, got me thinking about the business of the show. I always like talking about the business of the show. I hope you don't mind a two-part question that is non-sexual. This might be a strange thing to ask on QFTA, but can you talk about how the show members are paid? Uh, I remember you saying that Inside STL owns the content, but is your contract with Hubbard itself or is Hubbard contract with Inside STL? Very nice question. Part two, I enjoyed heading, hearing, heading, the inside reason of why Ryan Kelly is no longer the presenting sponsor. Have you ever had a sponsor pull their ads because of something that was said or done on the show or have you ever turned a sponsor down? Thanks. Uh, that's from Nick as well. Different, same Nick, different email. Both. Nice. So this one was at twelve fifteen, and then the one that was sent at twelve twenty seven. We were on his mind for QFTA. Uh, all right, let's uh, go first. Jackson, your paycheck comes from Hubbard. My paycheck comes from Hubbard. That's correct. Iggy's paycheck, Hubbard. Doug's Hubbard. Plowhawks Hubbard. Um, Inside STL, a company I started in two thousand five owns the intellectual property, which is why the drops that we play, you right. they're owned by Inside STL. Right. That's all owned. The name, the show, the markings, the logo are all owned by Inside STL. The deal that we have with Hubbard, and it's the same deal we had with KFNS previously, is we license the IP to uh, Hubbard, in this case, or previously KFNS, and then Hubbard has an agreement to pay the respective salaries and uh, what the hell would they be called? Just contracts, but uh, comp packages um, to each member of the show. 
but then Hubbard keeps and sells the advertising inventory. That's the deal. So um, that allows us, I guess specifically me, since I was the one managing it and selling it, to just be able to do a show as opposed to having to also sell it, which I didn't mind. And a lot of the relationships that you hear on TMA now are relationships we cultivated years ago. Speaking of which, you bring up the Ryan Kelly thing. I didn't realize that, but I've had more... Sounds like a dig me thing. I, I hope I can do it without it coming off that way because I don't think it was me. The appreciation for the way we handled Ryan Kelly having to leave the show on both TMA and on this podcast, which I didn't think anything of. Right. All I was thinking was all of us on the show have known about it for a while. I had known it was possible for a year um, just from a conversation I had with Ryan, not that he said he may have to pull, but he was telling me about the state of the, the industry. It's not the state of his business. It's the state of the industry. And I'm going, okay, this, is, this, this may be coming to an end unless things change really quickly. And that was at the Lemmings Open last September. Um, as far as knowing that it could come to an end, like real soon, I've known about that for months, going back to June for sure. Um, so th- th- these things happen. The fact that we had a relationship with a sponsor that long is incredible. But at the same time, we have a relationship with a lot of sponsors that go back. This one was the title sponsor, and he called into the show, so he was a real part of the show. And I also knew Ryan from doing Balloon Party. I used to do live endorsements for Ryan on Balloon Party. Well, I hadn't done endorsements for Ryan on Balloon Party, as you know, Jackson, since we do the show together. I don't know if I'd done any in 2023. I don't think so. Point being, he had pulled back all of his advertising, but that wasn't limited to things I'm involved in. I mean, he's all over the country. So he pulled everything minus TMA. My thing was, I know how there is this sliver of the audience that kind of pulls for drama on the show, wants to start shit. And I'm like, okay, no matter what I say, I know they'll come up with, oh, I'm not telling the truth and the the show's having problems and then we now have to spend time on that nonsense. So I just want to be as transparent as possible. So I said to Ryan, I said, how would you like me to handle this with the audience? It's your business. Um, And he said, just tell them the truth. And I go, great. Anytime I can do that, it's like, it frees me up. If I got to like, oh no, we're really happy here. Going, oh God, I got to get out of here that's a tough spot or how come so-and-so is not on the show? You know, that, that puts, it's a weird thing. If you can't just go, here is the truth. So when he said, just tell the truth, I'm like, oh, that's easy. And so from Ryan, from um, someone who's worked with him for a very long time, from a competing mortgage company. Uh, and then we just had, Jackson and I are fresh out of a sales meeting and the person who handled his account. And I think almost every Hubbard salesperson was in that meeting just now so that's like 20 plus reps in addition to our director of sales and all the general sales managers for Casey 1065 the arch 101 espn 92.3 wil 1057 the point tma am i leaving anybody out got 1065 the arch Casey. god i feel like i might be leaving 101 espn you got it okay said if you ever want to know why this show has the following it has listen to the five minutes where they discuss ryan no longer being the title sponsor and I appreciate that, but it was just an honest conversation, right. and it was just transparent. But I think, I think that's healthy. Now, y- y- you want there to be transparency at all times, 
but sometimes you just can't. I mean, sometimes it involves, like, like if Ryan would have said, yeah, you're just going to have to say, I just had to make a tough decision. And unfortunately, and I would have, you know, I would have made sure it, it presented things in the best light with regards to the truth, but it, Hey, it's his business. Um, so it's not my place to speak for his business. It's also not my place to speak for other employees if they're not affiliated with this show, or even if they are affiliated with the show. Right. Uh, if they don't want something talked about, then that's, you know, that, you just have to respect that. That's it. So that was good that Ryan said, yeah, just tell the truth. Um, with regards to, have you ever heard, had a sponsor pull their ads because of something that was said or done on the show? I feel like I've told a story about KFNS way back when, like I'm talking 2006, Certainly the one where um, they were going to pull anyway, but then the copy was so asinine and I started laughing because the copy was so asinine. And then to cover up the fact that mm -hmm. I was laughing at how dumb the copy was, I said, the cat, stop tickling me. Mm -hmm. And uh, they pulled us into the office. They were always trying to get rid of the cat anyway. And this goes back before, like, the recent group that was always trying to get rid of the cat. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, aughts version, the one that got him a new bathroom. Right. And... Uh, and they played the tape, you know, as if it was Kevin Costner playing the role of William Garrison in JFK, where they say, Tim, or it's me, and I say, stop tickling me, the cat, and they stop, and they look at the cat, and they go, how do you explain that? And the cat goes, are you serious? Like, you really think I was tickling him? Like, and I can tell, he was like, you guys are dumber than I thought you were. And I'm like, he wasn't tickling me, you know. I'm a, but you had to say in the uh, Like, I have real. to say, in a real meeting, I'm like, the copy is so ridiculous, and it truly was, that I just couldn't get through it without laughing, and my cover-up was to say the cat is tickling me. So you had that, so then that pissed off the client that I was laughing at the copy, but they weren't mad at the show content. They were mad at, initially, the cat. But I think KFNS and that management group was like, oh, good, now we can whack him, and now we'll have cause, and we'll call the cause. He was tickling co-host, causing a loss of advertising revenue. Uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, and then, uh, I remember there was one, it was a small little car dealership that's over like by Brentwood Forest or not even a dealership, it, like fixed cars. And they just, I could tell it wasn't working for them and they just used blaming the show content. And again, again, you're going back to 2006, but right. since then you, you would really have to like go out of your way to find this show. It's like going to Pornhub and being offended by what you see. You know what I mean? Right. Like you had to seek it out. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, it just hasn't. I mean, I guess it can happen, I suppose, but it just hasn't happened. And I don't even catch hell about the stuff we say on 101 at this point, no. which is great. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. I mean, I went out there saying I was basically selling sex, and no one said a damn thing. <laughs> you were you were, you were, were a bull. Bull yeah. for hire. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, that was a normal thing. Yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's standard. Sports talk oh, yeah, radio. On a midday show. Yeah. Um, so I hope, that, uh, I hope that tended to the questions there. Yeah, I don't know, Jackson. I don't know. So, I mean, I got more, but I kind of... Well, I got so much to do with Sound Story. <laughs> I got to, like, get home. That's, but no, what do you got? If you got something, that'll be wonderful. Well, I don't... This is this could be really dumb and off-topic. And... What do you got? No, I'm, I want to give them... I, I love doing QFT. You know what I've really found? I've, I'm starting to enjoy doing Balloon Party. Mm -hmm. Like, legitimately enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, and I enjoy doing QFTA, and I know people look forward to QFTA. I'm flattered by that, so I want to give them something. Well, you brought up William Garrison, and this just never leaves my mind. Like, do you have any thoughts on on the JFK assassination? Have you, like, or, like, how interested are you in something, like, in stuff like that? I'm quite interested in it. I, I legitimately am. Yeah. I don't, uh, 
I believe I could be on this, and you could hear the exasperation in my voice. What do you think I'm about to say? God, if you can nail a, this. Yeah, no, this is I know, this is one. so wide open. Like, what would cause me to go? I don't know. I really, I'm really, I, Okay. I, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, but I believe one of the things President Trump wanted to do when he got in office was, like, just say, here it all is. Yeah. And then when he got in there, they're like, hey, here's why you can't. And then he didn't. And then it keeps getting delayed. They keep right. Delaying. And it's like, well, there's some people who are still alive. Right. So, I mean, it just it tells I don't know if we'll ever know the truth. Right. I mean, who knows? And even when it's said, will that be the truth? If it, right. if it is, I don't know. I just, so yeah. I have... It's interesting. I can tie this into something that I can speak with a little more primary source. When I do sound story interviews, I would say 50% of the time, I know that the, the, the children or the grandchildren want to hear, just like I would, you know, with my grandparents, if their recollections, you know, at this point, they're all gone, but they would be old enough to have remembered Pearl Harbor, the mm-hmm. Depression. Yeah. I would love to hear their perspective. I remember one time my grandma, my, my dad's mom was in the hospital. And she just started bringing up kind of some historical things and like what life was like in the depression. And I couldn't have been more intrigued. So I like to hear, and I know some of the children want when I'm doing an interview or the grandchildren want to hear if they're old enough, you know, and you got to be at this point, you know, in your eighties or nineties to recall Pearl Harbor, truly recall it. Right. Um, But everyone recalls you know, November 22nd, 1963 Yeah. with, I mean, the detail that, uh, well, I would say, but you were too young, September 11th for my generation and the generation younger than me. Do you have one of those? Sandy Hook. Really? Yeah. Sandy Hook. That's one where I'll never, ever, ever forget where I was, what my reaction was when I heard it. Yeah. Cause I've, 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 I've thought that too. It's like, what is my generation's moment? Right. Like the day the earth stood still kind of thing. And maybe other people in my age group would say something different, but to me... I'd wonder, yeah, to me, like, initially, up until September 11th, 2001, do you know what it was for somebody, in my case, born in 76? Columbine? No. Uh, and I always thought it was... I, and, and it's, it sounds Berlin awful. To, no, it was a negative thing. Um, the Challenger explosion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, to compare it to September 11th, yeah, it's a, but it's, it's it's just a. Different but the thing. reason why is it happened live on television, oh. and in a way, September 11th, it didn't initially, but then it proceeded to all happen, and I think it. I think that is why for people, and some people take this line of questioning that I have with them on on 1963 and JFK, and see where I'm going. And I, I mean, I don't know. You don't know either. Neither one of us were around, but. Truly, when I ask people who are old enough to live in the 1950s, which is many sound story guests at this point, about the 1950s, and it certainly depends on what your socioeconomic, your race, mm-hmm. you know, because I would imagine if I talked to somebody who was growing up poor, they wouldn't agree with the statement of, boy, the 1950s just seems like it was idyllic and everything was peaceful and right. streetlights went on and, you know, right. that's when it was time to come home and, yeah. you know, leave it to Beaver. It's kind of like the history book book version of, of the night and everybody will go, not everybody but god almost everybody will go yeah it really was but then no decade since then i don't think maybe i'm wrong maybe you could say that the 2020s who knows because you know 2020 people talk about 2020 like 
oh, fuck. You know, like you don't even want to talk about right. it. I mean, holy shit, they'll be doing books and movies on 2020. Oh, yeah. You know, well after we're gone. Oh, yeah. But uh, the 1950s and the way it went into the 1960s versus the way the 1960s went into the 1970s and the change that took place. Right. And if you wanted to isolate a moment where that change began, I think it would be the assassination of JFK. Not just because you go, holy shit, we saw our president die on television or get shot on television and, and die within 90 minutes of getting shot. But also the, the country then was transfixed on their televisions for the next, I think, four or five days. Right. And then saw Lee Harvey Oswald get shot live on television. Which is still one of the craziest things ever. And then, then began the, the I, you know, that song by Don Henley. I don't think that that's necessarily what the song is about, but I use the phrasing, that was the end of the innocence. Mm-hmm. And, and then that generation that may have been born in the late 40s or early 1950s then also went into Vietnam yeah. yep. and Watergate. And the moment of the blind trust in the government began to erode with the assassination of President Kennedy and the initial, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that doesn't make sense. And then now we don't trust the government with Vietnam and now we don't trust the government with Watergate. And now we have a topsy-turvy economy and the hostages are released as soon as Ronald Reagan's inaugurated and then you have the Iran-Contra hearings and and off we go into, you know, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and September 11th and Bush v. Gore, Bush v. Gore preceding September 11th. I mean, you just think of, I mean, it's like I'm doing We Didn't Start the Fire, yeah. you know, uh, with listing how the trust eroded. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people are even conscious of it because some people take that and go, yeah, you know what, that's right. Most people say they were in a bubble, but you're in a bubble because the information wasn't there. Right, right. Like, personally, I am... I don't know, enamored isn't the right way to describe it. I don't know what the right word is for it, but I'm re-engaged via negative, can't begin to even overstate it, negative developments uh, in the Gaza Strip and Israel over the last 72 hours as you and I are sitting here on October 10th, 2023, and the potential ramifications of what is going on there. And at the same time, I have found since, not since exactly January 6th, 2021, but maybe a couple of months after where I just go, okay, I'm out because I'm just, this is so absurd what's going on that we're like going to go, well, you know, hold on a second, that maybe this wasn't as bad as, and I'm just like, all right, that'll wrap her up. That's that's when I just say, that'll do it for me. This has re-engaged me in a sense because I feel like this the, the whenever you'd want to say the dominoes began to fall and i don't know when you would say maybe one would go back to november 22nd 1963 or maybe would one would go back to take your pick i don't know uh maybe they'll just say you know october 7th 2023 i don't know but all that this could mean run and all how it could intertwine into the united states economy 2024 the presidential election uh, the House, the Senate, the Supreme Court, foreign policy, uh, Iran. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about... The ramifications are unbelievable. Yeah, but I don't know, and we certainly don't talk about it on TMA, and we obviously don't talk about it on Balloon Party. I don't know if people are 
because I because I'm really kind of withdrawn from social media, and I'm not going. You know what? I think I'll I'll get back in. I don't know what the level is for like our audience, like the audience for this show, and the audience for TMA, and then the audience for Balloon Party, and they're all kind of different. How many people are are paying attention to that? How horrific it is, um, and and if people, I don't I don't know because I feel like when people think about geopolitical discussions in 2023, it usually gets back to, oh, you know, American politics and dumb shittery, for lack of a better term, and people that are involved, but you don't really respect, but you go, oh, fuck, we got to vote for this guy because I'm not going to vote for this guy, which I think is how, like, 90%, not 90%, 70% of Americans will vote if you know, it's Trump versus Biden in uh, in November of 2024 and how all of this can play a role in that. But taking that out of the equation, news coverage now, which in a way is creepily refreshing, is not on Matt Gates versus Kevin McCarthy and nonsense in the, the House of Representatives. It's about a, a monstrous monster situation in Israel. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh and I just don't know what the what the level of if people are are I think in, engaged in that or not. I don't know. I think people are, are very locked in because Do you really? Okay. Well, unless that? obviously I live in a bubble as a Jewish American. Uh this is obviously I mean I have close friends who are currently in Israel and it's extremely scary. But my Twitter feed I know I would say every third tweet is about What's going on oh, is that right? in Israel at the moment? Um, I mean, I was at the gym yesterday for an hour, and the only thing on CNN and MSNBC, Fox, all that stuff, all people, reporters in Israel, direct coverage talking about it. So I think people are very locked in because I think people are finally starting to understand, like, the direct ramifications of our ge- geopolitical sphere and how that not only affects what's going to come on our soil, but human lives in different countries, you know, like it's, I, I think we got a little bit of that with the war in Ukraine, but people are seeing a much more direct, much more of like personal human, like human aspect with what's going on in Israel because of how close America and Israel are. And so, yeah, this is, this is really, really crazy. And I think people are, are pretty locked in because it can shape the next 10, 20, 30 years of not only American politics, but politics across the world. So th- that takes me back to like 2020. Like I, it would make me, I'm sure I have a video of midnight 2019 into 2020. And I don't know if I'd really want to go back to that. No. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's like that moment before, like, like when you, like you, your problems then, Compared to your right. problems in the end of 2020, it's not it's not right. Bad. And just yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting. I hate that word. I think that those who are old enough who lived through 2020, which certainly would be damn near anybody, like taking out of you know somebody who's like 10 now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, almost speak about 2020 like oh you know 2020 like kind of whisper like that fucking thing. I don't want to talk about it. Right, but. I was under the impression, and you were on the show for most of this decade at this point, that there would be this big boom coming out of it. But if anything, and it's amazing, you were you handled the sound story 
I did yesterday mm-hmm. um, with, I mean, it was been, I mean, he was the CEO of Amron. I mean, and, and, you know, Variety Man of the Year, and his wife was Variety Woman of the Year. I mean, this family was, you know, this was, and he clearly kind of goes without saying, but obviously a very intelligent person. Right. Uh, and, and you could also tell very good people as well. And, you know, the the despondent reaction that people on their own, I don't go, what do you think of politics in 2023? Right. They bring it up almost every time to the, one of the questions I ask is what has changed the most in your lifetime for the better and for the worse? Almost every time it's the politics, but it's not just the politics, it's, it's the polarization. And what strikes me about what I've seen over the last 72 hours with this coverage is now certainly we both read the New York Post for our links for TMA, right. and they're still doing their oh, yeah. thing. Their bullshitter. Right. Um, but how in a way, and I know this has happened with Israel and the reserves, they're calling up 300,000 reserves, and some people were protesting the conservative government and Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel, and they wanted to go, okay, we're not, we're not going to get called up before what took place this past weekend, and now they're like, fuck it, we're in, right. let's go. In other words, it brought everybody together, which then takes me back to a conversation that I've had, and it was a relatively recent interview I did on Sound Story, where somebody was talking about how amazing it is, because many of the people, of course, who were around for September 11, 2001, to think how divided Americans are now when how united we were on the morning of September 12, 2001, and what has taken place over those 22 years. And unfortunately, is it going to take something as tragic as what is going on there to bring people back together? So, circling back to your question, um, why did you ask the question about JFK, by the way? How because did that come up? Uh, you said... Uh, William Garrison? Well, KFNS was playing like this thing like they were William Garrison. And I asked what your interest level in conspiracies of JFK is. Ah, there it is. It all makes sense. Hansel and Gretel, the breadcrumbs. Um, That decade, the shift of how drastically different things were on January 1st, 1960 to December 31st, 1969. I can't imagine a decade experience more change in American history, American history, specifically. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, the teens. I guess you can make would be the 80s, because you're kind of coming out of kind of what the last 20 years were into kind of the more modern society and the change in economics are obviously... Yeah, I don't know. I would would throw the 90s. But again, we're just kind of like, I don't know, 90s, because then you got internet and and communication and dot com. But but either way, I think there's a chance it's the the 20s. I mean, think about about January 1st, 2020. Yeah. And then, I mean, how fucking different things are. We're only in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but it's like winter is coming. I'm like, Jesus, it might be something more intense than winter. I don't know. And winter might have already come, you know, to an extent. But it's certainly not here. I just think it could get worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, I you know? anticipate it, too. Yeah. And so then you have what takes place over the weekend in Israel. And it's, I would imagine, not going to be like, oh, everything's good here in the next uh, 24 hours. No, no, no. That... Uh, you know, that's not something that, 
you know, you already have Ukraine, you have a presidential election. I mean, holy shit. So, yeah, I, I, I think about that question and I think about January because, you know, 2020 really kind of like ramped up in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. But the year started, relatively speaking, peacefully, relatively speaking, yeah. especially in comparison to how it looked on June 30th. Certain, like, yeah, you know I mean? in retrospect, but I think if you go back to And then you want to go to January of 2021 and go, uh, oh, my fucking, you know, I mean, it's just, and it's like, it's just, it's still going. Uh, and now you're talking about, you know, we touched on it at the, toward the tail end of TMA today, and I don't know if everybody listens to this, listens to TMA, but I was talking about the housing market and, like, a guy like you, 25 and single, like, the, the, the point of entry for you to get into the housing market, if it even makes sense... And then on the other side of it, because it used to be, well, you're going to build up equity. But what if the prices are going to come down? Are you really building up equity all while you're putting down whatever it is that you would put down? And then on the other side of it, somebody like me, who when I bought our house in 2012, they're like, yeah, we'll be here maybe five years. I'm like, motherfucker, we might be here for good. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't even on our minds. Right. Certainly you know? in the way things are currently at. You can't. Because of because of the mortgage rates. Like mm-hmm. it would it would just make absolutely no sense unless you're in a spot where you're going, Okay, I got cash and I'm just gonna go here, I don't give a fuck, you know. And yes, occasionally that'll pop up or somebody's got to move or somebody is in a spot where financially it makes sense. Because when somebody does put a house on the market, there are a billion people who are interested in it, but not because the housing market is strong, but because the supply is so low that even with a small demand all of those people are going to go and go, okay, well, I want to be in Kirkwood and I need to spend between this and this and this house meets shit. We just need to be in Kirkwood. We've got a young family. We need that. We want to be in that school district. So there, there we go. And so Kirkwood is, you know, that's where I live and it's, you know, and I, I know every plan, this isn't a Kirkwood, you know, I don't even know if it'd be considered a humble brag. It's what I know. And it's just, it's, it's like a lot of places right now, way out of yeah, right. what, what would be logical. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm re-engaged, but I'm re-engaged, not like I want to like discuss it on social media so much as I see this and I, and when I say I can't get enough of the content, it's not like I'm like, boy, I'm really enjoying watching it. It's horrific content. Brutal. It's horrific content. Um, and the fact that it, you know, that music festival is just going on, you know, it's six in the morning and all of a sudden, and they're so used to rockets that that didn't necessarily phase them what no, phased the iron them was, dome is used almost daily yeah 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 i mean it's it's nothing new to get rockets but five thousand of them all right all with the intent of murdering everybody who lives there is a whole different ball game so it's you have that but then i just don't know if people have you know i understand where you're coming from you're seeing that's what the networks are focused on i just don't know if like if people I don't know. I don't know if people have gotten so disenfranchised with politics that they associate this with politics in the American clown show. Right. That because otherwise, I don't know. I'm surprised that I'm in on this. Whereas I'm like, oh, there's Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy. You know, nah. You right. know, and there's Joe Biden. Oh God. You know. And I just kind of go, okay. And I guess maybe it's like right now it's safe to consume news content because that crap isn't going to be going on. Right. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so said this asinine thing. Right. We're going to focus on it. And now this guy said in response to this asinine thing. It's not page six politics. Right. I feel like this matters. Not to say that that other stuff doesn't matter, 
but this is I, I, the ramifications are just beginning. So yes, your simple question about JFK. We got another fifteen minutes, and yeah. maybe the people want it or not. I don't have an erotic story. No, I don't have an erotic story. This is what I've got. I've got geopolitical discussion. That's what I've got. Uh, thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, loyal QFTA listener. My insurance agent online at carltoninsurance.net. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I can't. I sent them an email about a question, and I can't wait for his response. I love that guy. Great guy. Really great guy. Online at evergreenstl.com. Uh, Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com. Get that furnace tuned up now while it's still warm. And make sure you're ready for the cold weather months. And, of course, the great Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganest at Munganest St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been QFTA, The Tim McKernan Show.